Okay, so today's stuff is Kukid Gimel, and we pick up at the bottom of Kukid Betam Bet, um, and we are. Um, thank you. Yeah, we're talking about a, about a cat. Um, right. Gimel um, Dvarim, and we're one, two, three, four, five. Five, about six lines down. The larger theme of why we've sort of uh, digressed again is because the Mishnah had mentioned, um, you know, even um, even uh, um, uh, an unused quartz from the um, from the uh, what do you call it? From the Tamchoy needs to have our Rakoso. So the Gemara contrasted that to what Rabbi Akiva's statement about um, that a person should uh, rather make their shop as like a weekday in terms of don't spend any extra money on it rather than having to become dependent on other people. And that was one of the things he told his son. Um, he commanded his son, like one of these ethical wills, and that led to a series of things that people are commanding others, um, part- and, and also in the context of like, um, um, you know, sort of these like ethical charges. So we also have the story about Rebbe Akiva and Rebbe Bar Yochai in the prison where he didn't want to teach him straight Torah, so he taught him these types of issues. So in that context, we continue now on Kufiyud Bet Amid Bet, um, six lines down the wide line, uh, beginning of the line. Gimel Dvarim, Siva Rebbe Shmav Rebbe Yossi, yes, Rebbe. Um, three things Rebbe Shmav Rebbe Yossi commanded Rebbe. Um, so, Al Ta'as Mumba Asmacha, don't make a wound in yourself, which basically means don't do behavior that will be injurious to yourself, not just physical, we'll see in a minute. Mahi, well, what does that mean? Lo tehavi l'chadina b'hadi plasa. Don't get into a uh, business dealings um, or an, into an argument with three people. Why? Because you're asking for trouble. The chad have a The Two people. One of them will will uh, you know will bring a case against you in court, and he'll use his other two pals to be witnesses against you. So you don't want to get up to three against one because that can uh, you know that's asking for trouble. The al tamar al mekach do not look over merchandise if you don't have any money to spend for it. There's a whole real. That's more like then like an of just a sort of general ethical charge. There's Gemara Bar Mitzvah that discusses the biblical prohibition of, of, of well not Gnevas Das of Onat Varim uh, that your actions or words cause people anguish and that you bring the expectations here of the seller that you're really interested in buying and then you're not really and you are not going to be buying. Um, the Rosh Hashanah says you'll degrade the merchandise. That part I missed. Um, what did you say? We scroll a rochi show who be emichad amin liknos hamekas. We need some masido chinam. No, I think it means your masido seller. Me'acher shata mahapechba. Right. Not to degrade the merchandise. Your masido. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't understand that, that meant that it was handled. I thought he meant that, you, no, interesting. I thought it meant like the seller is not, um, is not spending time with other people because he's spending time with you or somebody sees you looking at it and putting it down and therefore the other person assumes that there's something wrong with it. I didn't understand like just physical use and degrading, but it's more like your presence and your actions lead to a loss for the owner. I believe well, that's... You're not helpful, so someone thinks you're getting it. Forget about you putting it down. Right, so it's one of that. Anyway, I think, yeah, I think that's more the context. Anyway, let's keep on going. Um, okay. Uh, da, da, da. The, um, okay. Ishcha Tavla, if your wife has gone to the mitzvah, Alti Dakikla Laila Harishana, which is totally shocking. Don't have sex the first night. I mean, you know, we understand, you know, there's a general understanding that the first night back from the mitzvah is considered to be, you know, like, uh, the, 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 a mitzvah to have sex that night. So the Gemara's are never explicit about that. The reason things the Gemara bases, you know, the post can base that on. But anyway, here says Daka, don't have sex the first night. What's that based on? So Amarav Ubenida Dioraisa. We're not talking about nowadays. We're not talking nowadays that women ate wait extra clean days after they stop bleeding. We're talking about a biblical Nida where she goes to the mikvah 
seven days after the onset of bleeding. Then could have been, she could have been bleeding the whole seven days, but there's no clean days. It's just seven days after the onset of bleeding. That's the problem. Because then, if she's been bleeding, if she's only been bleeding, started bleeding seven days ago, her literally, the well is still open. She might still have not finished completely her flow. She has not, even though it has been seven days, but she hasn't done clean days like we do, or, uh, you know, days without blood specifically as we do nowadays. And And maybe, therefore, there will still be some, um, you know, some bleeding even afterwards, and it'll wind up that you'll be having, that the man will be having sex with his wife when she is, if not a nida, a zava. So therefore, don't, you know, give it a little extra time. Good question? Yes. So, when men was, what we practice, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll get to Mishak Hazmi. We've been in Mishak Hazmi a year right. ago. What are you asking? No, no, no. But the other is that Kitsa Bada Rishonah, which implies, you know, the second item. Yeah. You just say when she stops then, you know? No, obviously you assume she stopped. I mean, most women stop before seven days anyway. It just means give it like a little buffer zone. Be, you know, check, make sure that there's, you know, it doesn't mean that women bleed for seven straight days, but they could. Shloshet Varmsi Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda's Rabbi. Three things Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda commanded Rabbi. Interesting, all these people commanding Rebbe, if you also think about it, Rebbe here is the Nasi, and everybody else is commanding him to do things, but alright, maybe he was collecting opinion, you know, I, he was collecting sort of like an early Pirkei Avos or something, I don't know. He was collecting, you know, ethical wills, ethical charges. I'll say to Yechidi Belayla, don't go right, don't go out alone at night, now we're back to Shadim. The Don't stand naked in front of a candle. Okay, you maybe you think other people will see you, but we'll see the Gemara will have other types of health concerns. The Altikanis America's Chadash. Now we're getting real practical. Don't go into a brand new bathhouse. Because you're afraid the floor will break below you, and basically the way they did it is you would stand in a steam room, and underneath they'd have like you know uh, hot coals and and water put on it, and the steam would come up, and the, you were standing on a floor, wooden floor directly above that. So if it's brand new and it hasn't been tested yet, maybe the floor will break through and you'll fall into the hot coals. Okay, very practical advice. Um, I'm sure you could use it metaphorically for some other purposes. Adkama, <laughs> how long should you wait before going into a new bathhouse? I'm going to be maybe I'd be 12 months. So some people aren't obviously listening to this advice. All right, anyway. Now we go back to explain the other things. Don't stand naked in front of the candlelight. The time is on advice. If you stand naked in front of candlelight, you will become a, you will get epilepsy. Um, so who knows what that's based on? Presumably some shade influence or something. I don't know. And somebody who has sex um, in front by candlelight. There's gemaras about issues about having sex, you know, it's, you know, in daylight and so on. So somebody who has sex in candlelight, having will have children who have who have epilepsy. I don't know exactly what's that about, uh, but maybe I could suspect here that the issue is is that if sex is, is supposed to be something the Gemara assumes is normally done in the dark and you're having it in the light and epilepsy is like falling asleep when you're supposed to be awake so there's like a mixing there of, you know, daytime, nighttime, awake and asleep. I don't know. Um, and again, the issue that it, attitude, things you do during sex affects what happens to the kids. Tanur Rabbanan, a rabbi's Torah. If you have sex on the same bed that an infant is sleeping on while you're having sex, um, that infant, so this is interesting, this is even not the child that's being conceived, the child that's there will get epilepsy. Um, that's only if he is not, um, I'm sorry, if he's less than, if he is not a year old. 
Avohavi Bar Shasa, once he's a year old, Leislan Batan Bram, which is funny. I mean, you would think from a, you know, sort of a uh, morality perspective, the older the child, the bigger the problem, yeah. right? So what is it? So again, who knows, you know, what the Gemara's understanding, and if it's a, presumably understanding that's not just a morality issue, it's a shade issue, whatever it is, the younger the child is, the more vulnerable he is. Um, well, that's only if the child is sleeping by your legs. He's sleeping by the head of the bed. It's also only if you don't place your hand on the child. I guess while you're having sex, if you place your hand, so you're like protecting the child. So presumably, nakedness, sex, these types of things, I don't know, bring about whatever spirits they are that can lead to epilepsy, and therefore, particularly the infant here, will be vulnerable. I'll take the Yechid That's interesting. We're explaining this right that we're working back reverse or reverse order of the way it was said. Not the right of the teaching. Don't go out alone at night. Um, don't go out alone at night. Not nights of Wednesday, meaning Tuesday nights. Or uh, Friday nights. Nay, those were the nights we heard before, that the Friday nights and the uh, Tuesday nights that were dangerous nights for the Shadim. Uh, because Igeris Machlat was the queen of the Shadim or something. He was Shmonasre Rebo, she and 18 myriads, 180,000, um, of angels of destruction, Yotzim, go out on Friday nights and on Tuesday nights. Remember, you weren't supposed to drink water on Friday nights and Tuesday nights. Every one of those 180,000 have permission to, to, to wreak havoc and destruction. Individually. Okay, now, now, that doesn't seem to be our experience of Tuesday nights and Friday nights, so now the Gemara is going to say something about that. Originally, well, actually, we'll say, anyway, originally these, these demons were present, present every day. The, um, every, night. every night, yeah, every day, every night. Zimnachad, one day, Pagab Rebbe Hanania Ben Dosa, Hanina, thanks Ben Dosa. So this, so uh, so the head, uh, the the, uh, the, yeah, the the queen here, uh, the queen demon. What's her name again? Agras Pasmachvas bumped in to Rebbe Hanina Ben Dosa. Amrle, she said to him. If it were not that they announce about you up in heaven, be careful about Hanina and his Torah, meaning that they basically told me hands off about you up in heaven, that you're, you're such an important person, I, can't, uh, do, I shouldn't, can't do anything about you, against you. I would have endangered you. I would have, uh, you know, brought, brought harm to you. Here we're bumping into one another. How could I not do harm to you? But you have special protection up in heaven. Amr Allah, he said to her, if I am so important up in heaven, so I got a little power here, better make sure to use it. So, Gozer on Yalecha, I, 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 what? Thank you, Alayach, thank you. Gozer on Yalayach, so I command regarding you, um, decree regarding you, that you should never be able to be a pass through inhabited places. Amr she said to him, Please, you know, uh, I don't know exactly how the, the idiomatic translation of that, but it's a way of saying please, at your leave, please. Shavakli Ravcha Pors, Shavakli give me a little breathing room. I mean, come on, how can you, you know, sort of, uh, you know, you know, exile me from the inhabited places? Now, I'm not clear to me whether they needed, whether they, well, I know, whether they needed this space do they need to hurt people? You know, from other Gemara's and even from here, it sounds a little bit like they're just stum living around. But you know, but we're but we're but but if we expose ourselves or we bump into them, then they're going to damage it. Or do, are they like you know? Are they like driven to hurt people? So she's asking for space because she just needs living space. 
You know, if she's asking for space because she needs an opportunity to actually hurt people. Not exactly clear to me which one of those it is. How much we think that they are. The line before says, you know, that each one has permission to wreak destruction. Sounds like they're like hell-bent, excuse me, on, you know, on destruction. Uh, not exactly clear if that was the thinking here. What? Well, that's true. Okay. So, so give me a little space. So Shavak Lalele Shabbat Zulele Revia. So he said, okay, fine. Tuesday nights and, fri- and Friday nights you can go out, but the rest of the time you have to all you all you shade him have to stay away from the habit you know. habit yeah, places. You know, I don't know what I don't, care about I don't know what to say. Okay, the two and in addition now maybe Friday nights if this way that it was sort of like human decreed maybe you could understand Friday nights because people are at home on Friday nights you know so nobody's going out as a general rule who knows. Okay, the two. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Every other night is either before or after a market day. Oh, okay, good. Uh, the two, uh, except for Saturday night, but then you're going, uh, <laughs> you're going on from show. Okay, the two charizimna pagaday ba'abaye. Now, one time this uh, head demoness bumped into abaye. Amrle, she said to him, you would think she would have learned her lesson about giving away, divulging too much information. But she said to Abaye, if it were not that they had announced about you up in heaven, be careful about Nachmeni. Abaye was called Nachmeni because he was um, uh, raised by, in, uh, what's his name's house? Uh, uh, what? Nachmeni. Rabbi Bar Nachmeni, thank you. And be careful about Nachmeni of Torosso and in his house um, and his, his Torah. Have Sakintach, I would have endangered you. Amrullah, he said to her, Ichashivna Barakia, if I'm so important up in heaven, Gozarni Alaychi, I, I decree about, about you, Shalotavori Bishu Allah. You should never. So, so that got her out of even the Tuesday nights and the Friday nights, and he presumably was not sensitive to whatever complaints she raised afterwards. So, the says, so that explains why maybe it's not as prevalent as it would seem from the er, initial discussions. So the says, well, let's take a look. What do you mean that they don't? We see that there are still shadim passing through in the, uh, in the inhabited places. So Amri, so you'll, you can respond by saying, Hanigaz Yaisa, top of Kufi Gemalamadalif, mean who? That is, um, uh, that's like they, when they're going in the uh, narrow, like in the alleyways, the, the, the demons, yeah. That the horses, apparently they're also riding horses. I don't know if they're riding their own, I don't know if they're riding invisible demon horses or they're riding whatever visible, disworldly horses. But they're riding their horses, they're in the alleyways, and then they like, and, they, and then the, the horses like bolt out because of, you know, the sense of, I don't know, their prey, or the, the demons encounter the horses, presumably the normal horses. And the horses are scared, and therefore the horses bolt out, and then the horses drag the demons with them. So they're not going in yeshuv; they're only going in these like side alleys. But then when they encounter like horses in those side alleys, somehow they get swept out of it. I don't know. Exactly. So, they go, so they have to go to the populated area to bring them back. Yeah, so then for a while they can be in the populated areas because the horses swept them out. Something like that. I don't know. Let's move on. So Rav says Rav Asi. Again, these type of like, you know, uh, advice statements. Don't live in a city that horses don't neigh in it. Why? Because the Rashbam says if there are no horses in the city, then you are endangered from enemies. You know, you need horses to run after enemies, to run away from enemies. You need good transportation. Um, So, um, I mean, right, that was very critical. Well, that was the roads and the uh, infrastructure. But anyway, having having fast transportation available is very critical. Don't live in a city that doesn't have horses. 
or a city that doesn't have dogs barking, presumably guard dogs, and to warn you about impending danger. And the outside of the ear don't live in a city. Um, interesting shift of the masa and the ear. I don't know, maybe masa is more of a village. Don't live in a city. Duresh masa, but we're back to masa again, so I don't know. Anyway, Duresh masa asya asya, that the head of the city is an asya. What's an asya? So asya is a doctor. So some say it's the same as we said before, like if a if a Torah student, you know, stage, stage is going to spend too much time learning Torah, the doctor is going to be too involved in his medicine. You don't want somebody that's going to be distracted by these heavy demands or outside interests and won't do a good job writing the city. Now, some have the girsa, and one Gemara, the girsa is, uh, um, or, um, the girsa is, the Reish Masa Asi. It was a little play because his word was Rev Asi. So I wouldn't want you to be the head of my city, like, or you should spend your time learning Torah and not trying to get into politics. Um, Okay, the Rotansi's Tarti don't marry two wives at the same time, not sequentially, because then they'll scheme Zuzugos. against you. It was Zugos, I was thinking ah, about ah. that. And he nots his Tarti, and if you marry two, Nazi plus, marry a third one. So therefore, if any two want to scheme against you, at least presumably the, the third one will be an independent party, and she'll be able to warn you, protect yeah, you, and so on. Yeah. But like, I was thinking, like, Michael's well about the Zugos, and if you marry four, then marry five. <laughs> and it went down to 101, and then the first. Okay, yeah. Don't go up against Three, you know? Right, that's true. You think here the assumption is that uh, that 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 it'll be more likely that it'll fall out two against two than three against one. Okay, so I'm going Rav Rav Kahana. Rav said to Rav Kahana, better you should turn over, meaning involve yourself in dead animal carcasses as a way of earning money. The low table and don't spend your time in talking and in words. You know, maybe it means in gossip, uh, but uh, uh, not exactly clear. You know what? You know what? Bimili he's trying to to uh, uh, um, you know sort of dissuade him from. But he's basically saying, um, you know, you should go ahead and you can go and get your hands dirty and uh, earn a living, even something that that means like you know dealing with animal carcasses, as we're about to see in a minute. So, Pshotin Vilta Bashuka, you should be prepared to strip the carcass of the animal if you're dealing with, like, you know, animal carcasses and their leather and you're dealing with a trade with them, to strip it in the, to strip it in the marketplace, the Shkil Agra, and accept, you know, payment for it. The Sanyabe I'm sorry, the low tema, and don't say, and this is presumably the words you should not, you know, probably, you know this is probably a tra- an interpretation of what we just read, the words you should not be focusing on or dealing with. Rather do that than say, Kahanahana, one minute. How can I do such a job? I'm a Kohen. His name is Rav Kahana. So there's actually a question whether Rav Kahana was really a Kohen or not. Or he doesn't need Kahana as a, because it signifies Tuna and importance, even if he wasn't a Kohen or was he a Kohen. But right. Don't say, I am Kahana or I am a Kohen. The Gavar Ravan, I'm an important person. The Sanyabi Milsa, this is despising for me. This is uh, degrading for me. Don't say that. Don't focus on your status, on your importance. You know, good on labor never um, no, does not degrade a person um, so Salkas Igra She Rusach Bahadach so that's one thing about being prepared to do to whatever work is necessary to earn a living oh, I'm now I'm, I haven't explained it yet now um, even um, where are Salkas Igra She Rusach if you're going up to a roof take your provisions with you meaning don't go on a travel even presumably a small travel without having food packed Joe and I, my, my wife and I always have this whenever we go on a, whenever we go on a uh, on a trip I always like pack like 
three meals, like three times as much food as I think we're, we're going to need because like, you know, and she, and anyway, she always packs like, you know, I think exactly as much as she thinks we're going to need. It binds up that if we listen to me, we throw out half the food. But we're never anxious about not having anything to eat. <laughs> so anyway, what? <laughs> yeah, so anyway, okay. So go up to the rooftop and take your provisions with, even if you're at the, you know, just going to the rooftop, have your provisions with you. Mea kari bimasa, bizuza, even if a hundred uh, pumpkins, uh, even if a hundred pumpkins are going for a zuz, you should make sure that there's some of them under your cloak. Meaning, even if you say, oh my God, there's so much cheap food around, make sure you, ha- and I get it any time, make sure you have your own provisions at home. Okay? Very interesting. Do not drink like uh, drugs. I mean, sama, you know, could mean some type of a medical potions, but it's quite fascinating. If you take a look at the Rashbam, I just got to read this to you, five lines down in the, in the Rashbam, where the Rashbam begins at the bottom of the page. He says, Al tishtes samin, samin is the, current, is the Hebrew word for drugs. Um, because you'll get addicted to them, is essentially what he means. There'll be a, you know, a pattern. You'll need, you'll, you'll need them. Your body will become addicted to them. You'll always be wanting them. You'll always be sort of desiring them. Your heart will always be asking for them. The topsy most. And it'll lead to ultimately, you know, your uh, take away, you know, all of your money will go after them. Don't even take them for, you know, for medical purposes. You know, people will get, get hooked when they have to, have to take pain medication, Oxycontin and, uh, you know, other types of pain medication. So it's quite fascinating, you know, that the uh, Rashbam understands that we're talking about a type of drug that can lead to certain addictions. I mean, I don't know if we're talking about the same type of narcotics we were talking about, but drugs that can lead to certain addictions. The low to Shaver Nigra, do not step like uh, wide, which uh, he says means either just don't go running, you know, taking wide steps because that's supposed to hurt your eyesight, or jump over, maybe it means jump over like canals of water. Not according to the first explanation. The low to Anyway, this is in Aramaic. Lotaakir kaka, do not remove teeth. If you have a toothache, don't, you know, and you don't try to do some other way of dealing with it medically before you pull it out. Um, um, although one, I don't know what the story was, you know, in ancient, in, at those times, I imagine it would be quite easy for it to become infected if you didn't pull it out. I don't know if pulling it out did any better. So anyway, don't pull out your teeth, you know, unless absolutely necessary. Do not, um, do not provoke a snake. We had snakes earlier. Don't provoke a snake. And don't provoke a Aramean, um, or, um, so, or an Aramean woman. Um, so, uh, these are people that if you provoke them or things that if you provoke them will be able to get back at you. Tanar Abanan, a rabbi taught, Gimel ein mitkanim them. There are three that you do not provoke. The Eluhain, and these are they, Nochri Katad, a minor uh, non-Jew, or small, but presumably it means minor, Venachash Katan, a small snake, but presumably also like a young baby snake, Vitami Katan, and a young student. My time, why is that? Their kingship is behind their ears, meaning that they will, in a brief period of time, you know, become past power, um, and they will be able to hurt you and get back at you if you uh, do something to them when they are young. So, when they're older. when they're older, but don't think they're young and you get away with it, right? It's like, what was that? The Godfather 2, right? Remember when he left over the one kid? No? Remember what I'm talking about? No? Isn't it? 
The, the guy, anyway, whatever. The guy who became, who, the guy, whatever. All right, you'll, you'll lose your chazara there. Anyway, Amalei Rav Evo Bray. Rav said to Evo, his son, um, I see you're putting a lot of effort into your learning, and it's not matzliach. Nebuch, you're not being successful in your learning. Right? We haven't heard about an Evo as, a, as, a, as, as an Amora. He had a son, Evo. Nebuch, it's not going well for you in your learning. Come, let me teach you some of the ways of the world. Let me give you some business advice. Maybe you should go ahead and go into business instead. I'll give you some business advice. Um, while the sand is still on your legs, sell your wares. Meaning if you went traveling and you're, you know, like, uh, you know, going to other places and buying wares, bringing them back and selling them, don't tarry to sell what you've brought in. As soon as, you know, even while the, you haven't washed off your legs, you just arrived, sell your wares as quickly as possible and then turn around and go and get, you know, and then repeat the trip. Don't wait to get like the absolute best price. Um, you could sell anything and, and justifiably have regret if you found that, you know, if afterwards you feel, oh my gosh, I should have, you know, I could have gotten a better price, whatever. That would make sense. Bar but wine is the one thing you should never regret having sold at a lesser price because by the time you would have gotten around to selling it, maybe it would have turned into vinegar, it would have spoiled. It is interesting though, on the one hand telling him, on the one hand telling him, sell your stuff immediately, but then pointing out to him, it's possible you will have some regret. Um, okay, uh, uh, um, fine. Where am I? Sakayach. So first, open up your money pouch and then open up your bag of wares. Meaning, first get payment for the goods before you deliver them. Okay, if the other guy is uh, willing to go along. Okay. Exactly, exactly. Justin, and whenever there's any debates in terms of, uh, you know, the conditions or what exactly happened, if you're the one holding on to the money or the, you know, you're in a better position. Right. Kava, okay, Patakzakai. Kava mi'arev lokura mi'igra. Better to have a large measure from the ground and not a small measure from the roof. So what does this mean? So the Rashbam says what that means is, um, you know, better to um, have your business dealings close rather than far away. Even if you go far away, you think that you can... Uh, let me take a look. Cover me our... I'm sorry, I said it the word. A small measure from the ground rather than a large measure from the word, from, from the roof. And better you should be, you know, not have to travel far even if the profit margin is less rather than traveling far for a potentially larger profit margin. Um, okay. Your dates in your basket. If there are dates in your basket, run to the, run to the, uh, be, uh, the brewers, the person who makes the uh, mead, the beer. Don't like let them sit in the basket and spoil or use them in the basket for eating purposes. No, what you should do with dates is as soon as you get into the basket, go ahead and make it into beer that you'll make a good profit. Right, right. So add comma and how how many dates, you know, until what point? Amarava at plus a saw, until three saw. I guess after that, maybe you don't need to, uh, you know, I don't know what it means after that. After after that, you, you're not afraid that they'll, that the, you know, that, that, that they'll all get eaten up. You'll have enough left over. You can eat some and then you'll have enough left over to make the beer. Are you saying you, you made up a little amount? You're saying even a little amount? No, I think plus a saw is even up to a large amount. You know, more than that, you don't, I think, it means you don't have to worry, you know, because otherwise, if you leave it in the basket, it'll get eaten. More than that, well, if you get eaten, you'll still have enough of making the beer. Amara Papa, Ilo Dorama Shikhra, Papa said, if I had not gone into the beer business, Lo Iati, I would not have been rich. Igadami Amara Frizza, something Rav Frizza says, Ilo Dorami Shikhra, Lo Iati. So he also went into the beer business, so one of them said this, had I not gone into this business of making beer, I would not have become rich. My sudna, what's the meaning of the word sudna, which is basically the Aramaic word for the brewers, the place where they make the beer. 
So Amr of Chizda sowed Na'eh. It's a very nice secret. So meaning, presumably, that uh, not either the way of making it is a secret or it's a secret how profitable it is. People don't appreciate how profitable it is and it's a good thing to be aware of. Um, it could also be that it's secret because people assume dates are for eating. And the whole point was, no, you got date in your basket. Go make beer out of it. Go use it for something more valuable. It's interesting that the word for a drink in English is soda. Oh, right. I think that is a complete coincidence. Okay. So na'ed gmilut chasadim. Now, I don't know how the gmilut Chasadim fits into the word Sudna, but anyway, it also allows for acts of kindness. Um, oh, you, I think it's a plane on Rav Chizda. Oh, that's a, oh, Rav Chizda Gmilut Chasadim. Oh, that's very nice. Very nice. I hadn't thought about that. Okay, and you can do good with it because, you know, if you make money, then you can do philanthropy. Amara Papa. Ko Agav, so said Rav Papa, this is the who wanted the beer business. Anyway, here's some business advice from Rav Papa. Ko Agav, Gav boy. Any Agav, Agav means like, due to, because of, some say it's a way of referring to things that have to be written up as a contract, like just in case, you know, to keep you honest, we'll write a contract. It could also mean that a way of putting a lien on land is you can put a lien on chattel, sort of, you know, indirectly, agav, through the lien on the land. So things that involve liens and contracts, you know, don't assume it's money in the bank. Gviaboy, they still have to be collected. Avravkarka, right. So, you know, so it could particularly mean that if he's talking about that and he's saying even chattel that has a lien is particularly difficult because you don't know where the chattel is. Um, but anyway, anything, loans and, and, and notes are, you know, dangerous investments. They still need to be collected. Koashrai, anything that is basically um, on credit, so Suffolk, Asi, Suffolk, Ro, Asi. You don't even know if you'll ever get paid for it. They didn't have PayPal. The Asi, most rose, mean who? And even if you get it, maybe it'll be bad, or it will be bad money, meaning you'll get paid maybe, you know, bit by bit. You won't get paid all at one time. So it's, you know, it's not good business to have, to, to have notes out and, lend, and money out and so on. Gimel Dram Amr of Yochanan, here's also somebody who was in the beer business. Maybe people tried to buy from him on credit. And he's saying, you know, don't go, don't, don't sell on credit if you're in, if you're in the wholesale business. Gimel Dram Amr of Yochanan, Mishuman Shei Three things of Yochanan said in the name of the people of Yerushalayim. Teshata Yotzei Lemochama Otei if you're going out to war, don't go in the front lines, go in the rear guard, you know, in the uh, supporting troops in the back. So that you can come in first. Why? Because if, 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 if you're uh, retreating, you'll be, <laughs> you'll be the closest to get back. I mean, I, you know, the Marshal says, why didn't you, why did he just say, because if you're in the front lines, you'll get, you'll get killed first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's so interesting. Before we had this is Rabbi Akiva. Now Rabbi Yochanan is saying it later than Rabbi Akiva. Make your Shabbos a weekday. You know, he's, he's embracing the statement of Rabbi Akiva's and do not, you know, become dependent on other people. Um, so also like we saw by Rabbi Akiva before. So maybe there was different traditions who said it. You know, anyway, try to get chummy and try to, you know, get close to somebody who is having very good fortune. Um, okay, I'm already uh, now. Or yeah, there's a question here if there's an introduction to this, or just it starts with. Three things of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi in the name of other people Shalim. Al Tarbe Bignus. Oh, maybe actually that's part of the answer that Rabbi Yochanan wasn't saying it himself. He was saying it in the name of Anshei Yerushalayim. So maybe Anshei Yerushalayim learned it from Rabbi Akiva, or maybe Rabbi Akiva learned it from Anshei Yerushalayim. But anyway, it makes sense why. I have no idea. The elders, the wise people the general like a general wisdom that was go 
going on. But anyway, but given that uh, it's not in their own name, you can understand that Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yochanan might have, you know, similar sources. So anyway, three things Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi says in the name of the people of Yushalayim. Do not have too much, do things that are gnus, like which is like embarrassing or, you know, um, um, shameful uh, because of the event that happened. I'm getting to that in a minute. Okay, now what is that, what is that type of shameful thing? So the Gemara is going to say it's the story of David and Bathsheba that she was up and bathing on the rooftop, so it's a type of a thing, being naked, that you should, you know, do more in privacy. But if you look at the side and the Rashbam says the real Girsa should be Altir Bet Bigagot. Don't do things up on the rooftop. It's like, you know, if you don't do things in, uh, think you're going to be in private, if you're up on the rooftop, people can see what you're doing on the rooftop too. Okay. I understand, but it's not how the Rashbam understands it. Okay. And it wasn't in a garden, it was on a rooftop. Okay. If your daughter has become mature, she's now of marriageable age at 12 and a half. So Shechra, and you know, she has, uh, and so she's, uh, men are interested in her. Maybe she's uh, also, you know, is now, um, um, you know, has more interest in men and boys. So anyway, Shechra Avdecha So get her married right away. So first of all, you've got a slave around the house. Don't have your, uh, don't have your slave there with your, do- with your teenage daughter. So what you should do is free your slave and, get, and, and, marry, and marry her off to him. Now, I don't know if the slave is interested in her, if she's interested in the slave. You're not in a position to force the slave who you're going to marry maybe it's a condition of freedom I don't know anyway the point being uh, be careful about uh, once, once they become sexually aware um, you know and that's interesting because the Gemara's different treatment about you know sort of adolescent boys and adolescent girls the Gemara says that you know when you're uh, uh, you know when you're 13, 15, 18 you should get married talking to men or you know teenage boys because of your sexual desires so it's the same type of a concern but here obviously in a patriarchal society it's really saying to the father marry her off as opposed to when it speaks to the boys, you know, or to the young men, it says, get married at, at a young age. Um, okay. Be careful with your wife regarding her first son-in-law. Um, so what does that mean? So obviously there's obviously all three of these statements, if the, if the first one is about David and Bathsheba, have to do with, you know, sexual, um, 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 you know, uh, desire. So let's see how the Gemara explains this. My time, what's the reason? Which again fits into the pattern here. You know, maybe she's, uh, maybe she'll find an opportunity to have an affair with him. So you should be careful. Maybe she'll know. She's so happy that her daughter is, 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 is married. It's her first one that she'll spend a lot of money um, on, uh, you know, on and giving him gifts or something. So the Gemara says, and you know what? Both of those are concerns. So again, you know, it's interesting because the Gemara is often, you know, concerned about men using opportunities to, um, you know, that, uh, for, you know, for uh, sexual liaisons. Uh, but again, here, it's the focus is, you know, as I said, the sort of patriarchal focus is not that the concern is unique to women that of this type of behavior, but it's telling basically the father or the husband, who's the man in control, you have to watch over them. Um, there are three people are, know they will inherit the world to come. Eluhein, and these are they. Hadar Beret Yisrael, one who lives in Israel. V'hamagadel Banav, Rabbi Yochanan lived in Israel. V'hamagadel Banav, the Talmud Torah. If you raise your children to learn Torah. V'hamavzio, what? It's, oh, good point. And if you make Havdal on wine on Motzei Shabbos, 
so you know, so what's the big deal? Everybody's going to think Abdallah. Now, the big deal, first of all, we'll see what the Gemara says, but if you remember, for the Gemara, it was a Chiddush, that even though you made Abdallah at home, you have to go ahead and make Abdallah again, you know, al Hakos. The Gemara, you know, you know, the Gemara said, Ashmami, no, it's not enough to make Abdallah and Shul. So one thing he might be saying is, you're mocking not just to be Yotze with Abdallah and Shul, you're going back and you're making Abdallah al Hakos. It also could mean, like our earlier discussion of Hamar Medina, that you're mocking to do it online. Those, I think, would have been two reasonable interpretations of why this is a Chiddush. But the Gemara says, Mahi, what is it meant that it's a, what's the special thing of Havdalah and wine? The Mishayim Mikidushal Havdalta, that you leave over from Kiddush to Havdalah. Which again, what the, uh, with the way Tosus explains it, the Rashbam also, but Tosus elaborates, it means if you have a limited amount of wine, you don't drink it all up at Kiddush. You leave some of the wine over from Kiddush. Presumably you have some water or wine you could add to it, so it's not a Kos Pagum. But you make sure that you're going to have wine at Havdalah by, and even if it means leaving over from Kiddush. Now that leads to the question of, well, if you don't have so much wine and you need it for Abdullah, why not just make Kiddush on bread? Um, and that, you know, and that gets back to this big discussion of is Kiddush on bread really seen as an, as an equivalent alternative or something only in extreme Bidyevid? So there's like a Homar Shah that discusses a reading, you know, there's a complicated Tosus here. I mean, sure, but it's not exactly clear what he's saying. And anyway, it leads to this whole discussion of what do you do if you don't have a lot of wine? Um, and the Marsha says, it seems very clear to him, you, based on this Gemara, you, you use it for Kiddush. You don't say, oh, well, we'll save it for Avdallah and, and just make Kiddush on bread. So you use it for Kiddush. If you can save some for Avdallah, great. Yes. Sing Rabbi Yisrael's sons die young. That's an excellent point. Yes, Rabbi Yogan had ten children. They all died young. Yeah. So maybe he's trying to sort of talk about, uh, you know, that, but that they get Olam Haba, but they were too young to be Megadu Banav Lutamu Torah, but right. they did live in Eretz Yisrael. It is interesting, though, the three things here, you know, are about Kodesh and Chol, if you think about it, right? The connection to Havdalah, right? You're living in Eretz Yisrael, not in Chutzaretz, which is non-holy land. You're, you know, you're raising your children for Talmud Torah, and presumably means, you know, one wonders if Megada lit Talmud Torah means that they would go, they're going into Torah as a profession, or does it just mean that you are teaching them Torah, you know, and, you know, to be, to be learned. But it could mean that you're actually teaching them to invest their lives in Torah, um, and then it's also separating, as it were, between Kodesh and Chol. So I think these, these, these two fit into the theme at the end about the Havdalah. Right, yes. Havdalah in Shul, so to speak, is the Amidah. Yeah. yeah. What are you saying? Not like no, 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 no. Not the thing that we do now. Yeah. No, no, no. When, when the Gemara says you have to repeat it, it means you said it in Davani. You said it in Shimona Esrei. Okay. So anyway, all right. Um, and that might be why you get Olam Abba. You know, you, you separated out for code, your life or, you know, the way you live for Kodesh purposes, and therefore you also will get something of the afterlife. Yes, yeah, so. Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, said that the focus is on raising your children for Talmud Torah. Not on them actually having succeeding, right? Yeah. That's true too. So then it's about him. Three people God makes proclamations about them each day, presumably that they're good guys. The Marsha repeats says that it ties into like the story before about Rabbi Hanina, you know, that they say up in heaven, hey, be careful about these people to the demons. Don't touch them. They're very important. So anyway, who are the three that are so important that they get an announcement made about them in heaven? So, 
a single man now we're getting into men with sexual desire you know issue about their sexual drives so who lives in a city and doesn't sin doesn't you know go to prostitutes or unmarried women or certainly not married women anyway he remains celibate and particularly it's in a city because there are plenty of opportunities in a city that there aren't in a village a poor person who returns a lost object to the owner so people that have like a strong Yetzirah and still do the right thing either Yetzirah for sex or Yetzirah for, for money or need for money and still returns it to the, to the owners um, and on a rich person when he takes his Maser from his fruits Bitsina he does in private so we're not concerned that he's not going to take Maser but his what his Yetzirah would be is the guy who to call attention oh look at all this I'm giving to the Levy a million dollars Maser I gave to the Levy this year no, no if you do it in private also that's conquering over another very strong desire and that's a huge accomplishment Rav now Rav Safra was a single man living in a Krach Krach was even bigger than in here. Krach is like a metropolis he was living in New York City plenty of opportunities to sin in New York City so Tani Tana Kamei the Rav Rav Safra so that's the background now the Tana talked what we just said in the presence of Rav and Rav Safra if a single person lives in a city they get a, a proclamation about them in heaven and they don't sin so Tzavu of the Rav Safra so Papa's face lit up oh hey it's great they're talking about me up in heaven I'm such a good guy Amarlo Rava, so Rava said to him, Laugh, you go my. We're not talking about like you. Okay, you don't count. Ella doesn't mean because you're so you're righteous, it's not a big deal. But don't think you've, your accomplishment is so great. Who do they announce about in heaven? He goes, Rav Chanin Rav Oshia. Like Rav Chanin and Rav Oshia. Vavay Ushchati Ba'arad Yisrael. They were cobblers. They were shoemakers in the land of Israel. Vavayasvi Bashuka Dezonos. And their shop would be in the, mar- in the marketplace there, right by the harlots. You know, by, right by the, uh, by, by, by the, um, uh, you know, whatever, by, by where the prostitutes, what's, what's it called? The, uh, the brothel, the right by the brothel, light. in the red light district, exactly. The Abdulu Mistani Lazonos, and they would make shoes for the, uh, for, for the prostitutes. Um, the Aili Lahu, and they'd bring them into the brothel to deliver the shoes. Inu Mistakli Bahu, or Inihi, the prostitutes would look at them, at the rabbis. The Inu Loma Madlin Inayu, the Stakule Bahu, but they would keep their eyes to the ground and would not look up, you know, even in, uh, you know, talking to the prostitutes. They'd keep their eyes averted. And the prostitutes, when they would take an oath, would take an oath in the following way. They would take an oath in the name of the holy rabbis of the land of Israel. They were so impressed by their behavior. So that's who they get announced about in heaven, not just you. All right. Now, maybe in the trade, maybe Mr. Yeah, over there. I, I'm not going to have this. I'm back on Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 who says it was Miss? I, I don't know. That's a good question. What? I don't know. That, but at this time, they weren't married. Presumably, at this time, they were single. Michael, I don't know that it was Messiah. Then maybe it was their walking shoes. You know, walking shoes. That's all I mean from there. Maybe there was a shoes for Gopher at home. Number one. Number two is it, it, okay. It, it, within the context of that question, right? There's a general issue about you know types of things that can easily be purchased elsewhere. That doesn't mean that you can't sell them. You know, because if anybody could just go next door and get them oh, somewhere else. Listen to what they like, said. Yeah. They said Kadisha the Arabi. They were learned. Right. Shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't. I think. That, I think that although the Gemara 
here has him talking Aramaic. You know, again, I'm guessing that we're talking about uh, that they were uh, a Roman. Anyway, but three, uh, God loves them. So different, interesting different types of categories. You'll get Olam Haba, they announce about you in heaven. Clearly that was about conquering your desires, having mastery of your desires. Now three again, are loved by God. Somebody who doesn't get angry. Somebody who doesn't get drunk. Somebody who does not sort of, you know, sort of stand by his, uh, his uh, not principles, but sin. <coughs> Like on his honor, meaning that you're not, you, you don't get so offended when somebody does something or says something wrong to you that you have to like take it back out of them. You're willing to be mochel if people, you know, somehow verbally mistreat you or, or do wrong things to you. Stand on ceremony. Stand on ceremony might be a way of saying it. Well, ceremony is a little different point. But anyway, um, somebody who's not so mocked it. That's, <laughs> that's the good English word. No, anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Mar- Marshall says a beautiful thing. He says, these three things are basically about decent behavior between people. So he quotes the line in uh, Pirkei Avos that says that, you know, who is loved to heaven is the one who is loved among, by other people. Yeah. So the three, the three that God loves are the three that acts in decent ways in their interactions with other people. It doesn't get other people angry at them. Three God hates. And also we can see that so much of this is going to have to do with how you interact with people um, and whether you're a mensch or not. So um, three God hates. You say one thing in your mouth, but say another thing, think another thing in your heart. You're duplicitous. You know testimony for your friend, and you do not come to testify for him in court. You know, you, I don't want to get involved. Um, um, so, um, this is bow as opposed to low, that you see your friend doing, a, 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 somebody else doing some type of a sexual sin, and you testify against him, not for him, against him, but you're the only single witness. And, and because, you know, testimony in these types of issues, as opposed to monetary issues, anything less than two testimonies, two witnesses, was completely rejected out of court, had no weight. In monetary <coughs> matters, one witness has some weight. Whereas in, in, in other areas, sexual matter, status matters, and so on, with less than one witness has, you know, you know, less than two witnesses has no weight. So you go, you testify against him by yourself, that's only going to, that, that's not going to accomplish any good, and it'll lead to bad. Let's take a look. So let, let's, wait, I, 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 let's read a little bit more. Kihad de Tuvia Chata, Tuvia Sin, presumably he had, you know, some sexual sin, uh, married woman, whatever it was. The Asa Zigud Luchudei, Zigud came by himself, Asi Bey Kalidra Papa, and gave testimony about him in front of her Papa, that he should know this person sinned, whatever they're going to do to him. You know, uh, so, so it's quite interesting. What could they do? It wasn't at a time when they gave Malchus. But, so even that's fascinating, like whatever sort of communal, you know, types of uh, discipline that they would use. And even there, they're mocked in terms of the formal rule of two witnesses. So he gave, the, he testified about him to a papa. Nabde, Lizigud, so a papa gave lashes, not to, well, yeah, but the Nabde, right, so this is not the biblical lashes, but yes, it's a type of a, you know, it's a type of a rabbinic lashes. So he gave these lashes to, to uh, Zigud, the one who testified, not the one who did the deed. So Amalek, he said to him, Tuvia chatav zigud minged? So Tuvia sins and zigud gets lashes? So it's also very interesting, though, the, you know, Tuvia is like Tov, and you know, so he's good or whatever, and zigud and minged are very similar words too. Anyway, Amalek, he said to him, In, yes, 
One witness cannot testify against a person, meaning in issues of personal matters as opposed to monetary matters. You gave testimony by yourself? Shame Rabbi Alma come out to say you're just spreading your, you know, evil report about him. Mostly Shemra, meaning that this is your, you know, you're libeling him, um, you're, and, um, and it's not, you're, what you said is not believed, so the only effect it's gonna have is going to give this person, you know, uh, ill repute. Now, of course, the problem here is, translating this into nowadays, is, you know, particularly about issues which sadly we deal with, we, you know, we, we, we have to deal with on a, it, it seems like a regular basis, it should, but, um, but anyway, you know, it's concerns about sexual abuse, and that some, and, and you know, it's a real issue about how to handle it, because people can make accusations that are completely unfounded, and can destroy a person's life, even if afterwards they retract it, and you, we have to, you know, and there's, you know, and there's, on the one hand, you know, there's, I think that there's like two types of responses in the community when these things come up. One is to completely silence them, which is something that's, uh, you know, I think not as much of a response within our community. And the other response might be, but it sometimes is. And the other is to like totally like, you know, jump on them and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, to believe them and attack the person who's, be, who they're being set up against, etc. And both of those are not responsible because, you know, people can make false accusations and it can destroy people's lives. How to exactly know how to balance those possibilities? You know, obviously you also have to do your utmost to protect possible innocent people. So, you know, and whether, but often one of the ways in which you know whether you're, you're you know, you're, you're, you're going down the right path are, are there other people that have reported similar types of things? You know, as opposed to if one, just one person says it, it makes it more dangerous, you know, how to respond to those types of things. So I think that that's really, in a way, what's being said here, um, you know, that if it's just one person, we can't trust it and it could destroy, you know, and it could be totally destructive. On the other hand, you can't completely dismiss it either. I don't think you got to give lashes when one person comes, away, comes along and, and reports sexual abuse. You know, you have to weigh it very seriously. But exactly how you do that balancing act is, I think, a doesn't real, a real, uh, real requires real wisdom. What? If someone is married, doesn't it make her usher to her husband? Um, yeah, well, the question is that, again, but how can you do that with, with le- less than sufficient witnesses? Um, yeah, but you need two witnesses there, you know, so, uh, at least two, yes, but you need, but it has to be done with the right types of witnesses. So now the Gemara says like this, just to finish up this point, um, if you see this about a person, even though you're, you should not go talking about it because uh, it won't do any good and it'll just lead to an evil, you know, to a uh, to a, an evil uh, repute, um, but you who know it's true, you can hate this person. Shenemar, um, you know, you can own your, you know, you can own your own what you've seen yourself. If you see the donkey of your, the one of somebody you hate struggling under its, its burden. So my Sony, what type of person would you be hating? Assume, presumably, this you're legitimately hating this person. What's the context? The Pesach is talking about a Jew who you hate and not about a non-Jew. Elapita, so that's in a discussion about the mitzvah of pretending of unloading the animal and so on. Who does it apply to? Elapita, stoning Israel. We're talking about a Jew that you hate. How are you allowed to hate him? Don't hate your fellow Jew. Ella, right? So it could be you're talking. Okay, you're not a good guy. You hate somebody you're not supposed to hate. But the Gemara, and even so, but the Gemara is assuming that we're talking not about a that's about about proper behavior. So you're hating him. So how you, in a case where you're allowed to, what's the scenario? Maybe there are witnesses 
that he's done a uh, you know prohibitions and disregarded uh, you know the law and therefore uh, you're allowed to hate him. So the Gemara says if there are witnesses, everybody should hate him. Why is it so nacha? You're your enemy. It should be everybody should hate him. So my son, my my shnahai, why just why are we singling out you? Elolav, it must be Kiai Gavna, like this type of a scenario. The Chazyebe Iudvar Erva, you saw him do some sexual sin, interesting white after sexual, but that's where the Yetzirah is, and that's where things are done more in private. And therefore, you're, you, who know it, are entitled to hate him, but other people don't, because they don't know it, and you're not supposed to be telling other people. So, Abnambar Yitzchakamar Mitzvah with Sanoso. It's not just you're allowed to, and if you, you're, it's a Mitzvah to hate him. Tanemar Yirat Hashem Sone Ra. So those who fear God hate evil. You know, now get to the question of do you hate, you know, like, if, you know, do you what, the sinner or the sinner, right? You know, do you hate evil or do you hate evildoers? And how this factors into all these issues about Ahavas Yisrael and the mitzvah to be Oheiv and how much is a person a very willful sinner and so on. But anyway, Amar Ravacha Breid Ravah, the Ravasi, Ravacha Breid Ravah says Ravasi, and this is an important question, gets back to this issue about reporting, you know, abuse and so on. And, uh, you know, but still some people have to know, maybe you should tell this guy, this guy's master, let's say he's a student, or I don't know, maybe it means it's his, uh, work, his employer, and, you know, because, uh, but uh, that he should hate him, you know, even though it won't be accepted as testimony and as fact that he won't be prosecuted in the court, but, you know, people have to know how to deal with him. So if you know you'll be trusted to his master like two witnesses that your testimony will be trusted then you should tell the master because at the end of the day you know this guy is doing the wrong thing so it's not really a bad repute about him it's, an, it's a true repute but one that will not be believed by people and will be like seen as the worst so, I understand but if you know that your report will be trusted and accepted and won't be rejected and then it will lead to all this questionable suspicion, then lay you should say. You low, low lay malay, it's not you shouldn't. Because this is not formal testimony. You know, this is the balance between we're not prosecuting him in court, but if I know something about this guy, then and I and, and you're gonna hire him, let's say, or you're his Rebbe, you need to know something about him because, you know, we're all trying to do good for the people he interacts with, for Clydesdale, for him himself. So I'm not talking about formal testimony. How do you strike that balance? And this is always the question. Should I share this with so-and-so? I saw something. I know something. Nobody else... Right. Well, report to the police. Yes. Right. Right, but I'm saying even in cases, you know, I turned this into a discussion of abuse of innocent victims. In the Gemara, it's really also just a question about improper behavior, right? I know something, I know something about this guy. I know he's having an affair with so-and-so, two consenting adults. Should I tell X? Should I tell Y? I know something about him, and he's about to be hired by this person. I'm the only one who knows it. Should I tell this about somebody? You know, so this is a question about you tell it. Do you wind up looking bad? Does he look bad? Are you believed? Are you not believed? So at the by the end, the Gemara says if it's going to be believed and if it's somebody who needs to know, then you should report it. And I think that that is you know key. Yes. The language of we snow. Yeah. Is, is it, it? It can't just be like in a modern sense, like a feeling in your heart. It, it might right. not mean once you determine that you could tell. The sin up means some type of social approbation. I think that's a good point. Most of the... You don't allow them to come to shul. Right, like the myth of ahava is how you act towards somebody. And sina might be be the absence of ahava. Don't act to him in these ways as opposed to just... Right, uh, exactly. No, thank you for pointing that out. Yes, the, the... 
Ahavad, Mitzvah Ahav, Ahavad Yisrael is very much action oriented and seen as well. And look, biblically, I think that, you know, the, you know, the point is that I think people have said, like in Semitic cultures, you know, the emphasis is about how you demonstrate your actions through your, your feelings through your actions, not just what right. those feelings are. But I want to end though with reading a very important Tosfos because Tosfos says, you know, the famous Gemara is if you hate somebody, if, if this guy's the one you hate, you should first you know, take care of his donkey, even the more trivial thing, even loading the donkey up afterwards, rather than unloading the donkey of the guy you love, because it's important to, you know, to sort of subdue your Yetzir Hara for hating this guy. So it says, what Yetzir Hara? We just said the scenario was, was that you're supposed to hate him. So, what do you, what do you mean you should first do him to get, to deal with your Yetzir Hara of hating him? So Tosas, Chababa Devar Erva, very insightful Tosas, I'll just skip to his answer. He says, um, or the three lines down, I'll get to read. The Hashtamatsius Yetzer Shayach, even the Mitzvah is no so. Vyesh Lomar, Kivan Shahus Son O, you hate him justifiably. What's going to happen? Gam Chavera Son O, you hate me, I'm, I hate you right back. Right? Hatred breeds hatred. Kinesiv, Kemayim Hapanim Lepanim, Kemayim Adam Leadam. The same way water reflects your face, feelings get reflected back. So you hate him justifiably, he's going to hate you back. And then what's going to happen? Then he hates you back then you're going to hate him back again, having nothing to do with the first reason why you started hating him in the first place. It's a very, I think, powerful tosos about that reality. You might be justified, but then it leads to him hating you and then you hating him, all of that in a very unjustifiable way, and therefore you have to really work on that hatred. So how much do you, can you do the mitzvah is no so? I think it's an important question given to, given to what it will breed. Okay. Pick up here. Yeah, absolutely. Right. What about, I'm sorry, what? 